Welcome to Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter, your go-to source for cutting-edge security insights in the region. Get ready for rapid-fire analysis and commentary from the Asia-Pacific with your host, Kim Bergman. Hello and welcome back. This podcast will focus on defence administration and the looming ADF toilet paper crisis. No, of course it's not about that. It's about the continuing fiasco of the destruction of Taipan helicopters and the utterly bizarre behaviour of the government in continuing with this insane strategy, and now also misleading people about what's going on. I've posted online about this, and I'm not going to read it out aloud. You, you are all very welcome to do that, but I'll run through the salient parts of the new reporting. Firstly, Liberal Senator David Fawcett has told me that he briefed the government about Ukraine's interest in the Taipans when he spoke with a number of their generals at a NATO meeting in Copenhagen between October 7th and 12th. He was clearly moved and troubled by the description of casualties on the front line and that many soldiers, most of them, of course, young, were dying because they couldn't be transported to hospital in time. Taipans would be perfect for that. And into the bargain, anyone who thinks Ukraine couldn't support them is wrong. They have an aerospace sector far larger than Australia's. And just to name one company, the world-famous Antonov, they have about 13,000 people on their books. And also Airbus Helicopters, who make the Taipans, they have a big support centre just over the border in Romania. I'll say a few things about Senator Fawcett, who I know quite well. He is from South Australia and is a former Army test pilot and knows a lot about Taipan. He is exactly the sort of person you would want at the controls. Calm, highly intelligent, methodical, disciplined. In fact, exactly the sort of person I am not. Now, if that's not enough, he was also Assistant Defence Minister in the Morrison government, and the way things are playing out, he might get another crack at the defence portfolio far sooner than anyone thinks. While he was very happy to go on the record about conveying that vital information about the Taipans to the government in the middle of October, the middle of October, I'll remind everyone, that is about time that the department commenced the activity of decommissioning and burying them. He doesn't yet want to name names because his objective is to get the best outcome for both Australia and Ukraine, and he is going to try and persuade the government to change direction. And if they are wise, they will listen to him. While on the topic of politics, let me just diverge for a moment and do some big picture stuff. The mainstream media has paid some attention to this fiasco, but in my opinion, not nearly enough. Most journalists believe, or more importantly, their editors believe, that Australians in summertime are really only interested in sport or talk about cost of living pressures. Okay, well, let's try this on cost of living. So let's next time the Prime Minister or Treasurer goes on about the cost of living, keep this in mind. The value of the Taipans is roughly a billion dollars. So that's $40 per person. Unnecessarily replacing them with older generation Blackhawks, that's $3 billion. So that takes it 
or that separately is about $120 per person. Now, that means that an average family of four, this exercise in stupidity is costing $640 per family. Let's talk about cost of living now. Would families prefer $640 each or seeing 45 taipans chopped up, buried, and unnecessarily replaced? Well, think about it for a moment. Actually, you wouldn't want the $640 going to all families, I would have thought, just to the ones that are really struggling. So let's assume that's the lowest one-third of Australian families. It's just very arbitrary, but, you know, one-third I think is not bad. Now I get my calculator out and go click, 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 click. Now, okay, and keep in mind, many of those people would be traditional Labor voters. So total, ooh, look, that's now coming out $2,560 per low-income family. The choice, some buried helicopters or $2,560. The government presumably thinks that burying the helicopters makes more sense. I don't get it. Next topic. Inflation, I hear you say, treasure charmers. One of the drivers of inflation is the war in Ukraine. And this has had consequences everywhere. Probably most importantly being grain prices. They are going through the roof around the world. And because they are a a, a staple, that feeds into everything else. No pun intended there. So, treasurer. You want to put downward pressure on inflation? Good. Help Ukraine defeat Russia as soon as possible. And how can we do that? Give them the friggin' Taipans and a whole lot more that our army simply doesn't want. Because guess what? They've seen a shiny new toy in the US and want that one instead. Or in the case of Blackhawks, not a shiny new toy, but a reliable old toy. Now, add to that. Do you want to, this was probably more one for the Prime Minister, do you want to deter regional aggression and make Australia safe so that we don't have to go from 2% of GDP on defence to 5%? Well, do that by showing that we support our democratic allies. Ah, On top of that, opinion polls show that 70% of Australians support more aid for Ukraine. There's a large Ukrainian community here. There are plenty of others whose ancestry is Eastern European, like me, who understand the consequences of Russian aggression and believe in the freedom of Ukraine and want our government to do more about it. I mean, what is it about all of this that the government doesn't get? They only have a two-seat majority, and the next federal election is about a year away. This entire exercise of prematurely retiring Taipans, chopping them up and burying them is basically to appease half a dozen senior army figures who have worked relentlessly for about the last decade to trash Taipans so that they can justify going back to the Blackhawks that they knew and loved from their time on active service in the 1980s and the 1990s They've got away with that without any serious scrutiny, and it is to the shame of a succession of defence ministers, Labour and Liberal, that no one has stood up to them and had a serious look into what they're up to. 
Uh, I'm having the usual difficulty with all of this. And actually, I'm going to pause this and go outside and scream. Ah, well, that's much better. Okay, uh, there were another couple of falsehoods uh, I have uncovered since the last podcast. Um, Pat Conroy, um, acting defence minister, said on January the 17th, and I quote, None of these aircraft are currently in flying condition and it is not feasible to return the aircraft to an operational state. Well, he might be right about them not being in a flying condition. Army have gone like the absolute clappers to achieve that disgraceful goal. But he is dead wrong about the feasibility of returning them to flying operations. You see, There are many people who are absolutely incensed by what is going on, and I have been dealing with some of them who have detailed, extremely precise knowledge of what is happening, and they assure me that while some Taipans indeed have been fully disassembled, that is not the case for the entire fleet of 45. And they believe, and I have this from Several impeccable sources, they believe that anywhere between 12 and 20 could be made flyable in a short period of time. So just do it. And now that I've revealed that, based on what has happened to date, I expect that Ministers Miles and Conroy, acting as always on the advice of the department, will now order that petrol be poured over every remaining Taipan and satellite so that there's zero chance that anyone will ever be able to use them again. Now, speaking of the department and departmental advice, it has been claimed that in a three-week period between September 28th, when Miles took the personal decision on departmental advice to decommission the fleet, and October 18th, when the dismantling started, that some sort of process had been followed that determined there was no international interest in acquiring the Taipans. I call BS on that one. It simply defies belief that any organisation, let alone one as cumbersome as our Department of Defence, could, in the space of 15 business days, have produced a package for sale consisting of 45 helicopters, all with differing flight hours and some with different engine configurations, as as well as all of the supporting equipment. This includes things like full motion flight simulators, other training devices, support and test equipment, spares, documentation, that anyone could have compiled that and then conducted an international survey of all current and potential users. It is utterly laughable. And no serious process has been followed. And I think it's a disgrace that the government is trying to fool the Australian people into believing that something like this is all being done for their benefit. Even my cat thinks it's ridiculous. Uh, Now, a word on Taipan safety. As I have explained on numerous occasions, Taipan, part of the NH-90 family of helicopters, are an exceptionally safe design. People in the know are really upset that the government hints that Taipans are unsafe and darkly mentions the July fatal crash at Talisman Sabre. I've had a bit to say about this in the past, 
showing that the problem was not with the helicopter and the government knows it. To repeat, repeat, the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder were both recovered quickly from the crash site and they showed that all systems in the helicopter were functioning normally until the moment of impact. However, there's a very disturbing twist to this that I've also detailed in the online piece and I encourage people to look at that because it has a link to some very interesting evidence in Senate estimates on the 25th of October last year. Now, Green Senator David Shoebridge has been pursuing an issue with the night vision system on the Taipans for several years. Now, this apparently is an Australian-specific configuration setup. It's highly technical, but on some rare occasions, the symbology showing in the helmet-mounted display, the helmet-mounted pilot display, that is also taking information in from the forward-looking infrared sensor can incorrectly show the attitude, the you know the helicopter whether it's going up or down attitude. I, I don't mean, don't mean it's temperament. I mean it's where it's located in in time and space. The suggestion of Senator Shoebridge, for which I'm going to say he seems to have some evidence, is that. Army Aviation has been aware of the issue for a number of years, but hasn't done anything about it. Anyway, the head of Army Aviation, Major General Steve Jobson, said during a lengthy Q&A with Senator Shoebridge on the 25th of October, he, he assured everyone that the Taipans were perfectly safe. But now we've had both Minister Ministers Miles and Conroy hinting that, no, it's not. No, no, there are multiple safety investigations going on. Ooh, we couldn't give away a helicopter that has question marks over it. Okay. Hmm. So who is correct? The two ministers or the general in charge of army aviation? I genuinely don't know, but they can't all be correct since they have completely opposite views. The head of Army Aviation saying that the helicopters are perfectly safe and the two ministers basically saying that they are not. So that's another issue to explore, perhaps in question time when Parliament resumes in a fortnight. Now, to circle back to the situation in Ukraine, uh, it's dire. The level of international funding, uh, financial support, military support for Ukraine is down 80% on what it was 12 months ago. The Russian invasion has not relented. On the contrary, at the moment, we are seeing some of the most bitter fighting of the war around the town of Avdika. There are a couple of major holdups. One is with the EU, with a funding package, which is being uh, blocked by Hungary. Uh, there are some workarounds there. The other is a multi-billion dollar military aid package from the US that is being blocked um, in the US Congress. So, hello, AUKUS boosters. Keep this in mind. Ukraine in the United States apparently has bipartisan support, just like we're told Australia does, but with a few dissenters in Congress, 
they can derail the entire thing. Now, that's just a fact. That's not my opinion. The aid package has been blocked there because a handful of Republicans will not let that legislation pass through, will not approve that package until there's some sort of trade-off in terms of money for the border wall or something like that. So if Ukraine can be subjected to the whims of a handful of extremist US politicians, I see absolutely no reason why Australia would be in a better position. But our politicians can only continue to bleat about bipartisan support in the United States. Well, let's hope that some of my colleagues ask the same people how they can explain the situation regarding support for Ukraine. Uh, Now, Mr Conroy, you claim that destroying the Taipans represents best value for money for the Australian taxpayer. You might like to explain how the imminent transfer of $4.4 billion to the US submarine building industry helps a single Australian taxpayer. You want to spend that money wisely? Spend $4.4 billion on Australian companies to produce more munitions for ourselves and for Ukraine. So, in summary, uh, we now have the new information that the government was notified uh, in the middle of October that Ukraine was interested. They nevertheless, at the same time, went ahead with the decommissioning and destruction of the Taipan fleet. Now, I regard that as completely unconscionable. In any case, their previous story of saying, well, we weren't notified until the middle of December, even that was not good enough. And I really wonder who said what at that original meeting on September 28th with Defence Minister Miles. Surely the subject of Ukraine would have come up. It would be utterly bizarre if it didn't. I wonder what was said at that meeting. What did people think was a reasonable outcome? Did they just dismiss the idea completely? So uh, there's that. Then there's also this business of claiming that the the helicopter is no longer flyable. (laughs) Well, I guess what, you know, some of them are. And there's the other stuff about the the department following some sort of process. No, they didn't. So there you go. There's some new information in all of that. I've run out of time. So next time, uh, I well, I would imagine that there will be a bit more about Taipans. I don't see that going away anytime soon. And, uh, and we'll get to defence administration and the toilet paper crisis on another occasion. As always, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Bye for now. That's today's Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter. For more in-depth articles, expert opinions and exclusive interviews, visit asiapacificdefensereporter.com. Stay informed, stay ahead. This is your source for all things defence. Until next time.